0: Hello, and welcome to Human Is My Label. This is your host, Emily Curry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full-time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Thank you, everybody, for joining me here. I have another amazing, amazing guest today, April Allen. And we met in the DEI space, so the diversity, equity, inclusion space. We have both been in the space for quite some time. And so thank you, April, for being on with me today. It is my pleasure, Emily. Awesome so um we are just talking about everything equities under the sun so we can just relax and have a conversation um how about you introduce yourself uh let everybody know uh your identity as this is a a podcast about equity and inclusion and we can just roll from there okay my name is april allen i identify as
1: she her hers and I am
0: a cisgender, African American woman. That's perfect. Okay. And where? What is your background? Uh, you know, where did you start on this journey? Other than being a black woman, that's that's first and foremost. But how how did you get started on your career path?
1: That's a great story, Emily. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. How did I get started on my career path in DEI? Should I say, it? Is, is that where we're going to go? Yeah, in?
0: and bring in your, your law and, and your... And, and everything else. And everything else, just a little <laughs> bit. Not all of it, but a little bit. <laughs>
1: okay. I knew as a kid, I was always um, drawn to truth, justice, and equity, as we mm. say now. I didn't understand why. To be honest, I remember the first one of my favorite cartoons. Now I know is totally... Um, racist um, and, and, and knew something was off with Dumbo as a kid. Uh, I don't no know way. why. Yeah, but you know what I was drawn to was the fact that they mistreated Dumbo. And I was like, I remember my mom showing me that because I was one of, you know, she thought, oh, this is cute. It's Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? And, but the, I was, and I kept asking my mom, like, why are they being mean to him? That's so cruel. And then, then I realized I didn't know what it was called, but I had a high level of empathy. And so I think that really just started me on my journey mm. to love what we would call justice and, and trying to figure out how to administer justice and be an advocate for people. That led me, long story short, I did an undergrad degree in political science and ethnic studies with a focus on African-American studies, did a master's in public awesome. administration Okay. And I also did a law degree, I, have a, I hold a Juris Doctorate I'm from University of California, Hastings College of the Law, which, where Joe Biden's running mate is from, Kamala. gotcha, ah, gotcha. Yeah, where gotcha. she went to law school as well. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, um, decided quickly on my journey as I, I got, um, offered a job at, um, one of the big firms, um, doing corporate securities that I, oh, okay. that was not what I wanted to do with my life after working. I don't that imagine thing.
0: that. I do not imagine that at all. <laughs> yeah, you. no,
1: and honestly, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make, I am going to make a difference. I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of the few black women doing this. And I realized I don't, I don't like this. So you need to <laughs> like what you're going <laughs> to You're gonna be halfway good at it, you know. Great people in my journey, but didn't didn't enjoy it. Um, and I was one to think, you know, what work should be something that is your call. If -hmm. you can swing it, right? You should absolutely doing a job like check check your box. Um, you'll never be the best at it you can be, and you'll never have passion in the days where you are doing boring stuff like Excel spreadsheets. Figuring out budgets—that mm-hmm. is not my—it was not my passion, not my jam. Um, that you can—you can't see the bigger picture. And but when you do something, you're called to you see the bigger picture, and you can get through those mundane activities that everyone has to do. That's- Anyways, worked in Silicon Valley for a while, while in senior management, doing um, compliance slash um, world compliance issues. I won't get into the boring details of that. And and uh, but. In that time, I always was consulting. I actually did um, one of my first consulting um, jobs for the World Affairs Council. Oh wow! Um, in Seattle, and how to increase uh, diverse programming and improve diversity rates, as as we were saying there, among its membership. And so. I'd always had this passion for the area. And then, you know, it, it turned into when I moved back to Portland. I grew up here. I didn't really say that in the beginning. Okay. So, sorry sorry. Okay. I'm glad this is free flowing and casual. And I'm yes. usually all formal and stuff, but no, i no. we don't have to do that. It's life is too stressful to be formal where you don't have to be like right yeah. so my, yeah. my model. But no, I um I had moved away from here um when I went away to college and started at Howard University in DC, and then ended up graduating from UW in Seattle, went away during that time to also went to school in London uh, with the program partnership with London School of Economics, as well as um, lived in Japan before I went to graduate school and just traveled the world extensively. So I got everything out before I got married. So I don't feel like I missed anything, you know, (laughs) the full life. I lived, I mean, I lived in like five different countries, traveled a lot of different countries. And so um, anyways, but I knew I would I'll go back to what I was saying about, you know, I was in Silicon Valley. Love the diversity in the Bay Area. That's a whole separate top topic. Cause sometimes I say it's apartheid-ish, though, because everybody assumes you're from when you're when you look like me and you're black. Oh, you you live in Oakland and you're like, mm. Mm, you know, and I quickly noticed that there was this kind of separation. Although, so you what I mean by that is like certain demographics lived in certain areas
0: yes yeah absolutely absolutely you
1: were like oh that's interesting you know and obviously there's always um there's there's always exceptions to the rule but you were always just like oh well that's interesting so I quickly quicked up on that but Mm. I did the thing I loved about the Bay Area was the diversity Mm -hmm. and that you people were always um used to being around other people
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they
1: weren't their best friends right let's just keep it real they still (laughs) had had some experience with people of color
0: absolutely yeah in
1: you know what i mean different in the workplace
0: absolutely yeah yeah.
1: in the workplace you where portland yeah Yeah? okay all right thank you for saying that um where (laughs) portland like you know, like, really, I'm your first black friend, like, this is a thing for you. Like, you've never had a real conversation with a black person, like more than just, you know, some kind hello. of service industry or like, hello, or something like, that. I'm like, yes, that's this crazy. So, um, but that wasn't the case there, I would say in the workforce, even though, yes, I dealt with racism, sexism, mm-hmm. and everything. I, you, you had allies. Um, um like real allies i have this thing with allyship right now and then i'll shut up like i've been equating it to what we say when we're in love in high school everybody's oh. your i'm your ally it's oh, like yeah. when you're in high school you think you love everyone you are like oh, absolutely yeah you, you you have feelings for at that moment and yes. you know, I think it's it you know junior high and high school and i'm like no that is not how allyship works everybody like you just as you say you're ally doesn't mean you're ally, and just because you <laughs> you kind of care about the person, doesn't mean you're the ally. So or that whatever, you want it,
0: to be an ally, so therefore yeah. you're an ally. It, you yes. got to do something it, for that title. Yeah,
1: that's even better. <laughs> like you just, it's, it's like that's my. And, you know, you're like no, he he. You know, it's like in high school. Okay, no, because I went to prom with you doesn't mean we're gonna get married and have kids right <laughs> like, and like this is the love of his life he really just didn't he wanted to go with somebody kind of cute and that was fun, right like let's just oh, yeah. it wasn't embarrassed he took good pictures so his parents were proud like oh, you know like that's kind of like allyship right now
0: I'm <laughs> being here so I'm like okay oh. so, or mean, the, or the not racist because I have a black friend there's that yeah, piece, like, like, the, yeah, but it's he, not an he, automatic like that means you're not a racist no <laughs> yeah like it's eradicated you've done it <laughs> yeah no
1: there's no thing as yeah we won't even go down that no that, no that, no that abyss of whatever but anyway so I <laughs> I um so with me it's been um I, I landed here after you know whether it was working, I won't name the companies, (laughs) but whether working and and having to get involved with consulting them and how to handle HR matters, Mm -hmm. um, EEOC claims that arose, um, um, consulting them on leadership management when it comes to cultural competency with with, uh, communities of color or women. Um, And then it just kind of um, turned into my life's work um when i and even i guess i should say this as we're talking about my path so i came out of the silicon valley like you know what i'm gonna kind of step back i'm moving back to portland was you know i was pregnant with my second child at the point i had a two two and a half year old Oof. and i ended up writing a kid's book on um diversity identity occlusion and allyship is really what i'm trying to get through i to love kids. it yeah. So I've, I've written two books on, um, diversity, inclusion, um, equity and allyship issues. Um, and it's just my life's work is my passion right now. Yeah. Um, I'm head of diversity and inclusion and equity. I call it DEI cause I always say, it doesn't matter if you have, you say D and I, but if you don't have equity, you don't really have inclusion. And if you uh-huh. don't have inclusion, nobody, you're not going to have any diversity because nobody wants to work with you. You know, at your <laughs> It's it's a thing, right? I'm like absolutely, absolutely. no effect. So, but I even I I I I had d I I at a major corporation here in Portland, and um, that's that's been that's the journey I'm on currently. Okay, you
0: were also a professor at some point too, right? Yeah, I'm also yeah, and
1: so that's how you know I always knew I wanted to teach. Okay, um, and I love teaching. It's um, you know, my friends always, you know, I remember going through my um quarter life crisis
0: <laughs> quarter life crisis
1: I've never what heard that I, one you know I sent my email to my like five or ten friends you know what do you think what have I always been you know I'm all deep I'm Brene Browning it what oh I my gosh it. I'm like I'm super soul Sunday Oprah and Oprah it. you know I'm like oh my I god I love it I always, what have I always done it's been innately me you know had a couple like my one high school friend that I still like actually has a spa in the Pearl. I'm still actually in Portland that I'm still um, close to. Um, and they're like, you're always educating us.
0: Even oh. if we don't want to be educated,
1: you are determined <laughs> to educate us. And I'm like, huh. yeah, that, is, and it's been true. That is an, that is a, that's a dependable strength of mine. I usually have the grace to educate people and kind of hang in there and go. Okay, I'm not sure exactly what you're not getting. Let's try again. And so, let's try again. Yeah, again and again. Let's try this way. Okay, why don't you come with me and let's have an experience? You know, like this kind of thing. And so, um, I yeah. So I'm still um, an uh, adjunct professor. Okay. At a couple of institutions around here, Warner Pacific and Washington State University, um, right now with my full-time position. And the way the world is. Wow. Where we're at. I don't have time to exactly teach, yeah. but um, I plan to go back to teaching where I where I was teaching constitutional law, business law, political science, culture, and cultural studies and ethnic studies. And so gotcha.
0: My, oh, yeah. okay. That's yours. Very good. Very good. And we will put the links to those books that April wrote for the kids' books in the show notes if you are all looking for them. So we'll, those will be there. Um, yeah. Or those are there. I should rephrase that um, okay so um, in the time we're in and when this interview uh, ha- is happening today it is actually the day after the Breonna Taylor verdict and I want to give space to that whether you want to talk about it or say anything um, we don't have to go into it deep if you don't want to but just uh, your initial thoughts or not uh, how uh-huh. as a black woman trying to do this work every day how how is it affecting you today Mm,
1: it is it's not easy Mm
0: -hmm. my
1: heart is hurting um Mm -hmm. so i'm being very honest and you know transparent here which people are not always um in the corporate america spaces they want you to put on a you know, or as our British friends say, stiff up stiff upper lip, you know, keep <laughs> a stiff upper lip. But yes. I lived in London too. I heard you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, emotions. Wow. You know, like and it was always kind of, you know, I was a little emotional for my British counterparts. But um I think it, it's it's heavy. It's a heavy yeah. day in that this just, you know, further illustrates what black and brown people always knew and has and has said that um, our lives are deemed as less valuable, uh-huh. um, and and that's that's hard. You know, that's just real. Like, just being totally honest, that's hard to think. Wow, I paid taxes. I don't. You know, I've been a quote unquote outstanding citizen, whatever that means.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: um, I am not the dolish tool in the shed you know what i mean like i like i've i have contributed to society um my family has my grandfather fought in um one of our our wars um Mm. you know my mother came from the segregated south she couldn't even she said that um white kids would throw rocks at her as she would just call her the n-word and you go this is where we're at
0: and everybody you know, says that it was so
1: long bad. ago was so
0: long ago and that was yeah. your mother i mean and it was
1: my it was my legit my mother and my great-grandfather and i'm not that old you know but no. my great grandfather um he used to carry around his slave papers Ugh. his emancipation papers so he um, my great grandfather, not even my great great, because he was at the tail end. So it was yeah. like, so you're like, no, like, this is America, you know? And you're like, and it's hard to digest that. Wow, I, I'm not afforded the same privileges and benefits of the law, which is what they tell you the first day of law school and constitutional law. Yeah. You know, that is part of your you just being a US citizen and all of a sudden you're saying, oh, just kidding. Yeah. Uh
0: that's not really <laughs> you true. Know. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so and I'm a realistic person. I'm pragmatic, for better or for worse. And I don't expect people to get everything right because humans are flawed. But I Absolutely. do expect when we see something that is obvious, I should say, at some point it has to become obvious unless you are working. You know what I mean? It's like the yeah. elephant in the room. It's like, it's whatever you want to call it. when something is obvious and no everyone's tiptoeing around, like not everyone, but so many people want to tiptoe around it. The people that um, should not want to and want to make us a more quote unquote perfect union, it's hard. So yeah, I, you know, absolutely. it's hard. I'm exhausted as a DNI professional practitioner, yeah. Um, as a, a black one, right? It's just absolutely, another yeah. level of weight on me. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if that I, answered it,
0: but it's hard. No, that's perfect, and it's it's very familiar. Uh, I'm in a lot of DEI groups that talk about the the struggles and the 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 burnout of DEI professionals right now, and Everybody says there's so many consultants. There's so many consultants. Well, you know, a lot of work is trying to get done. Um, Well, wants to get done uh, with organizations and then organizations realize how hard the work is. (laughs) And there are many black and brown consultants out there that are really tired and really burnt out and My fear is that, you know, if all these people are rightfully so burnt out in trying to explain racism and explain that it is real and it's not a victim mentality and it's not this made up facade that some white people, you know, say the practitioners, the consultants are going to get burnt out. And then where does this work go, you know? And then we start this cycle over of like, oh, it's just a trend. I mean, I hear that all the time within organizations. Oh, diversity is just a trend. Well, it's not just a trend. And how do we give make sure that the consultants are getting the respite and taking care of themselves. And a lot of them are saying I have to do it myself. Nobody's going to give me the break. Nobody's going to give me grace. Nobody's going to be able to do that. I have to do it for myself. And though I want to push this work forward. So fast and hard because it affects my life, it affects my safety, it yeah. affects my world, and the, all of my family. Mm-hmm. I still have to take care of myself because nobody else is going to.
1: No, and that's the that's that's the truth. Um,
0: yeah,
1: I could I could add on to that, but I think you said it perfectly. Where a lot of us are burnt out. Um, I don't know one person who's not burnt out on some level. There's Mm-mm. just varying degrees on the scale of burnt out this right exactly Um,
0: exactly
1: we're tired we're hurting ourselves we're you're right the work affects us so much more personally and so then you have to be able to go into spaces and places where people are saying things that hurt um are are saying things or not saying things right Mm -hmm. That, that all with that with the with the deafening silence that also hurts and because we're or I should say I don't know where this is being broadcasted at but you know Americans are all about the intent versus impact and I think that's important Um, and doing the work that I do I have to give grace I call it my grace space where you're like Mm. okay I'm gonna assume the best yep unless I'll just be angry, everybody, you're just a horrible <laughs> person, you know, everybody, everybody. but I'm like, okay, I, I don't, I can't do this work effectively walking in anger, although I had every that's right, right to be angry, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's giving that allowance as to be a human and to be burnt out, and to be totally honest with you, um, as Black practitioners, when you're a Black DI practitioner, whatever that space is, is consulting, because I. I consult a lot or mm-hmm. um, whether you're working in a company and everyone's calling on you or whatever, um, training or whatnot, um, mm-hmm. black, black folks, we were taught right away. Like you have to work harder. You got to work mm-hmm. harder. You got to be better because if not, they assume they, and we know who they is. I think, Yes, yes,
0: we do. Dominic
1: mm-hmm. culture assumes the worst of you. So imagine going in with that paradigm because that's what's been dr- drilled into you since you were a child. On some level, the language um, graduated as you became older, right? But mm-hmm. you know, and and then you're still trying to do this work well and convincingly, and wear your heart on your sleeve, but still protect your heart. Yeah, and exactly. Be, and, and also be professional and and bring your lived experience in and. You're tired. You're exhausted, and and you're battling in your head of saying, "But I can't show that I'm human. I yeah. I, I mean, I still got to be better. I still got to not. I can't. I, you know, I can't cry. I can't. You know, whatever it is you need to do, I can't say I got to take a week off because I need mental health days because mm-hmm. I to sit down because now I don't want you to feed into the stereotype also our biases of
0: absolutely yeah
1: of oh he or she's being lazy mm-hmm. he or she is not working as hard as they can he or she oh my gosh you're so they're angry black woman uh-huh. oh they're angry black man oh they're being so dramatic you know like with all the stereotypes we have to face right yeah yeah uh, and so i do think you know, that's, that's hard wrestling with those things in your head. And in your you know, just as a human being, like, man, this is rough. And but at the same time, oops, should I be keeping up a facade? Um, yeah. I decided not to really, you know, I do, I try to be as professional as possible. But I also am like, you know, what you need to understand because what I've also learned as being a practitioner is, I'm some people's, and most people really, their best, i'm their best chance of getting it yeah seeing a lived experience so if i pretend like everything is fine Mm -hmm. they'll never get everything isn't fine yeah exactly and just because someone's smiling still i think that's one of the biggest challenges that um i've noticed that white um i'm just gonna say it don't throw rotten eggs at me but you know that white people whether executives or mm-hmm. leaders whoever have is that you know just because the black or brown or whoever Asian employee whoever else LGBTQA yeah. plus I mean you know what I mean it, it very you know it varies but whoever's not just because they're not saying they're in pain doesn't mean
0: they're not in pain exactly doesn't well, mean you just step on their foot <laughs> exactly right? Well and then if you don't show pain you know then of course dominant culture whether whatever you know ism or identity we're looking at they says well you know April wasn't offended when i said that so i'm fine or emily wasn't offended when i called her blind or whatever like it's then they apply that to everyone oh well april yeah. isn't mad so therefore black women aren't mad about this no <laughs> and especially if you're trying to keep up that that positivity and keep that energy and that professionalism and not showing pain not showing hurt not showing those things and then they just you know so it's that finding that balance of no this really is affecting all people and some are going to show it more at times than others and some are you know not going to show it because they they don't feel like they have the space to i mean and that's what i see a lot with this equity work in organizations is It depends how the organization receives those emotions and those situations, and if they are known for, you know, not in written policy, but uh, you know, reprimanding whether that's verbally or you know, passive aggressive. If you're in Portland,
1: (laughs) you Portland polite. Portland polite polite. exactly. Passive aggressive. It's (laughs) like. But so we sat here thirty minutes and got nothing solved. Well, exactly. you know, <laughs> a set of, and you can be direct and not mean. You can be direct and kind. Exactly. You, know, you, you contextualize it. Have a conversation like, okay, love this, don't love that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this, this is somewhere. You know. And what do you think about that? Do you see yeah. it? You know. Go ahead. We won't go into that. We won't go oh. into. Co- right
0: now, but go ahead. Yeah, but you could say it was passive-aggressive in Portland. Yeah, but there's like, there are work environments that are passive-aggressively reprimanding people for taking a day off for mental health or reprimanding people for um, taking extra hours for accommodation for a disability. There are, and it's never written down, so there's no way to prove it but the person goes back to work and their cubicles moved or <laughs> whatever it is. And it's like, whoa, I took a day off and this is what happens. And so that work environment completely predicts how people are able to cope in this world when, when, you know, the stuff hits the fan.
1: <laughs> no, and that, no, and I, you're right. And I think, um, you know, my one of my really good friends one of my best friends she is cfo um of elf elf uh, beauty or elf cosmetic oh, okay. uh-huh. so i don't know we've all i've used elf when i need to go to target and get something mm-hmm. cheap but it's good quality but cheap and you yeah. know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's like right. and so but she was quoted in the wall street journal saying this week like and i'm paraphrasing but it was she said you know um and she's a woman of color she's a black woman okay. um one of the youngest most successful cfos right you know wow right that's now, awesome period. yeah and she was saying like right now companies are watching what you're doing to decide mm-hmm. if, they, if they're going to stick this out with you after we have whatever whatever our new normal will look like right because <laughs> we'll go back totally to what it was right yeah for better or for worse. Some of it is for better, but, you know, but I think, meaning when I say for better, not obviously nobody, we were just talking about vaccinations, COVID and all those oh, things, yeah. and that's oh. not what we're talking about, like, and so, but, but being honest about where we're at as a country is what I mm-hmm.
0: mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, such, such, I mean, just the last eight months, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, you can't, can't, I, I've been saying it's
1: like dog years in this profession. Like, you're like, okay, how, I, I feel like I've worked seven years for every one month. You're just like, (laughs) what, like every, you know what I mean? It's been, it's, it's for all of us, right? It's been, I don't care what your level of expertise
0: is. I don't care. It's just been like,
1: um, yeah,
0: it's, it's pretty yeah go it's ahead intense no go ahead yeah it was it's intense it's it's just one thing after another but it's all coming to a head and i don't think it's going to get better for a few more months uh, and then we'll all see what happens by the no. end of the year
1: yeah no and we and it's it's um this is a stressful time and Absolutely. you know if if companies organizations um um all that don't take note of that and say you know what um where one where's our compassion and empathy for people period yeah this all, this shouldn't have anything to do with cultural competency yeah you should. you know empathy is a taught skill is one thing i've had to realize you mm. your parents teach you that yes, or whoever yes. raised you your guardians whoever yeah. mm-hmm. grandma big mama you know, whoever was raising you, auntie, big sister, because mommy, mom was at work, dad, dad's mom, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's a learned skill. Yes, you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. um, and a fort- unfortunately, a lot of people don't know it. And I just am like, but companies yeah. have to learn empathy and compassion, or that's the first lens during this time. And then mm-hmm. the second lens is um, cultural competency. Yeah,
0: right? no, it's absolutely.
1: Like, and I've had to have conversations um in my in in just what I do as a consultant and saying, have you considered how your black employee feels right now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's or the humanity part. piece of it.
1: Like Yeah, it's a humanity piece. Like I'm hoping that you can understand that um this is yes, COVID sucks for all of us. It's an equal opportunity sucker of life right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but at the same time, it's like you have to you have to recognize those intersectionalities and those complexities that people are going through on their in their different levels of being whatever that is, right? Yeah, Whether yeah. It's, you know, black or brown, um, um, whether it's you know it's just so many things that we could go through but there's a level you know whether it's single parent whether it's um disability and not having all the things you need at work you know to do your work you have to be at home or you can't you know you can't come in it's not safe i mean there's so many different levels but i did express multiple times people you have to have cultural competency on this and if you have to freaking put out a checklist (laughs) okay so this person's what what could possibly and i'm being facetious but kind of like you have to think like this person may not be similarly situated
0: as me yeah Yeah, so even within those cultures, I mean, my experience as a legally blind, but still have vision woman is different than a totally blind woman who has different needs than I do. And the same thing with, you know, race and ethnicity, just because you have brown skin doesn't mean you have the same household experience as another brown skin person. And so you can't just make blanket policies or procedures or whatever you're trying to develop. No, to one size fit all. (laughs) <laughs> no, Within you that have group. to
1: look, you have to look at a holistic picture. I think exactly. it's hard. It's hard because we don't allow ourselves enough time just in our culture and our, you know, and how our systems work to really like learn people individually. But I mean, I just, I think so we have to think about it as much as we can, like what, Okay, this person may be having a harder time. They may be distracted today or they may need to just be like, you know, it's fine. You know what? If you're, you're if you're dealing with any stress of the situations going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's,
1: you know, you let's figure it just, out. Let's figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, so it's those things and I just um you know, I just, it's, it's just very, um, it, it's, we're in a very interesting time in who we are as people and who we want to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just going off of that, if you, with all your experience and your consulting and your, your law and, you know, teaching and teaching kids, especially too, bringing that component in. Yeah. Um, what would you say if companies either have started diversity equity inclusion program are going to start are flailing and have failed like many are you know considering what do you think is the most effective piece i mean there's many pieces so if you if you can't categorize this i totally get it (laughs) but like where is the biggest impact in your mind if you had your ideal world you came into a company that never has had anything or is looking to develop and what would you say is one of the biggest pieces that a company needs to grab on first or again or you know redo
1: <laughs> redo, to, redo. Have a, <laughs> to have a successful DNI strategy or plan
0: yeah yeah.
1: yeah. That's a good question, Emily. Hmm, I could say so many things. I know that's what I'm thinking
0: because there's all this controversy around training and is that enough? Is it too little? There's, you know, it, they we have people saying it has to start at leadership. Um, we also have people that are like it, it has to, you know, come from the top down and the bottom up. Um, but what do you think is if if somebody could grasp onto one or two things, like where would you, where would what you would go? I
1: tell them to look at and really like? Mm-hmm hone in into one, I think, you know, one thing I do, uh, when I go into any company is I, I like, we're talking about kind of an assessment. I do an overall assessment. Yep. Um, I have about 70 questions I'm looking at, um, <laughs> all the way from benefits to, you know, leadership and what is your executive team look like? Um, okay. and make, um but I would say, you know, the first thing that I, Besides getting the training out the way, right? Because I know there is all that talk and controversy around does training work. Da, 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 da. It's kind of like, this is how I look at it. Emily. You know, I'm good for analogies. Okay. I, so I, love I, love t- I, I have to teach my kids how to walk. Yep. Okay. When my kids came out, right. We have to go through the process of walk. did that mean I made them same Bolt? No. <laughs> <laughs> teach them how to walk, you know, and and kind of run and wobble and fall over. I mean, this is part of the process of um, development, right? That doesn't mean you're going to get to the Olympics, although I'll be honest, we think our children are going. My husband (laughs) is like determined that will happen.
0: Let's, uh, let's, but, let's frame this for people. How old are your children? <laughs> five and seven. They're not even, they're not
1: even like junior high. Yet. But that is just where we're at. And this is, Okay. Hey, go us. with it. Go with it. Don't judge us. But no, so, but my point, but they are quick. And dad was quick. Oh, okay. Was okay. I he like was it. He a professional athlete. But okay. with that being said, um, but you have to have some, you have to have some, um, base. Basic um, tools yeah. you supply, so you can at least attempt to get people on the right page. And if we can't get on the right page, let's let's get in the right book. We're all in the right right book. We may be in different chapters, but let's yeah, get in the absolutely. right. Let's all have the same book. So I think so. When people say, "Oh, training doesn't matter," it's like you don't. It's not that training doesn't matter. It's that you can't just do one thing. Exactly, and we got it. And I think that's the biggest uh, misnomer that I see in this industry. One of them is that you do one or two things, and oh my, we're gonna do a survey, and everything's turned around, and you're like, no, this is a journey, and culture change takes a long time. Yeah. And what, for better or for worse, sometimes you have these moments in time that is pretty much, you know, another civil rights movement where you're going to get, you know, pick up traction, but it Mm -hmm. does take time. Um, and um you doing one or two major things or what you view as major, right? It doesn't yeah. mean that's gonna work. So I do think you do have to look preliminary at making sure everybody has um uh mandatory training. I agree, yeah. Ha- call it what you want. And then um and sustainable training, not one and done, not yep. two and two and two, two and blue, whatever, two and three. I like that. It's like it has to be sustainable training um but the other thing is so that's just the kind of preliminary thing to me but yeah. then i think you get into what i look at is um i want to look at pipeline i want to look at succession and retention
0: absolutely yeah
1: Secession, planning or retention that's that's where i'm looking at because when i can see what's going on with the retention rates like are, do we have turnover every two years from a certain group you know that's the average last you know because two years you know it's funny my my professor um we used to say april when we were discussing what law school i wanted to go to well yeah any people can do anybody can do jail for two years because i would say that's like i'm not going there you know whatever (laughs) she's like you could do jail for two years you would survive but you know that that's not the that's not the standard we want to set for work. Like, you know, I just need to get out of here so I can get out of entry level or move to a director position. You know, you want it to be, you know, I want to be here. So I think, honestly, to give you the condensed answer, it is um, succession planning. So pipeline management, who are you looking at to take Mm -hmm. over leadership? Are you you grooming them? Are you mentoring them? Are they getting the same opportunities of, the 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 traditional quote-unquote or dominant group in the company yeah um and um and then I and then also ret- retention you want to see like why are people leaving or mm-hmm. why are they why is this group staying and this one's not yeah you know and because I am kind of a cultural anthropologist and just what I the way I think and, and cultural sociologist is is like okay, why is this group able to exist here? Yeah. And why yeah. is this group not able to?
0: Absolutely. Right? Well, but I love that because, you know, when I do um, with Prairie Consultants, the uh, annual reviews and uh, looking at the employee surveys, a lot of times disability is not included in those. And so when you look at the, those experiences, you really find out what's happening on the inside versus oh yeah I was hired I have a disability check but you know looking at that retention piece how long have you been here um, what unit what department are you in and are you treated you know differently than people do you feel you're treated differently than people around you because of you know your disability or the color of your skin or you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and so looking at all those those groups but I agree with you on the training too. It's it's one of those things, if you don't give people the, the dictionary to understand the language, you can't expect them to learn to build upon that. And that's and that's the thing. You can't just do that. No, you have to have that and then integrate all these other pieces into the work. And so yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I, I love the also the HR piece around um you know, the process, the hiring process, which is a focus for a lot of people. But I don't think people yeah. quite grasp it if they're like, oh, well, we just need to reach out to more more communities of color, more communities of disability. Da, 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 da. But it's like mm, when they go to that interview and it's all white, able bodied people sitting around the table, <laughs> you know, they know yeah. what's coming and and. And then all the way up to the who's at the table in the interviews, all the way up to who's making that final decision. I don't care if you have every different um, type of minority group sitting around that table. If the person at the top, the white male cisgendered man is up there at the top making the decision, uh, what's, you know, what's the point? Um, and so looking at the decision making. So, yeah, there's that hiring, not just looking at your 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 pool of applicants, but looking at the whole process from start to finish. And then once they're in there, what's that experience? And then how do we, how do we keep them there? So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I think that's, I think, and I agree with you. I think, I mean, it's
1: really, uh, there's not one thing you can look at and say, <laughs> that's it. I think it's hard to drink the ocean because oh, there's yeah. so many issues that it's, so you got to figure out what you're going to focus on, right. Mm-hmm. When you're working in a space, for a period, I'm like, what do I need to focus on? Like, what is blaringly or glaringly obvious, right? Or like yeah. a real issue if I'm looking at the quantitative, you know, data, like Absolutely. what is the real issue here? And then that's where you can kind of tell, okay, we have, we have this issue, or we have <laughs> that issue, or we have, you know, and, and each company varies that I've, oh yeah, ever worked with, you know, um, <laughs> some's re- I mean, there's some repeat, things you see but
0: yeah
1: you yeah. know I think if if companies can really get the retention issue under control and succession planning um but that does cause people you know that it, people presume that people can do the job that look like them right and that's oh, yeah. what's funny if so when you don't it's going it goes to your point of leadership yeah. if you don't see people that look like anybody but Straight, like you're saying, cisgender no, white saying, male,
0: yeah.
1: or even if you're just seeing a white woman, but you know, and you don't see anybody around the table of color, uh, you don't see anybody under that, let's say, that top level uh, right under them of color, you know, yeah. then you run into issues of tokenism, like you might have the one, oh, yeah. not all we're doing, you know, you feel good, you want to paddle your back, or I say, you want to <laughs> Now you want a sugar cookie, and you
0: know because you've hey, done God, it, White people love our cookies. We're doing cookies. it. We're doing it.
1: You're so funny. <laughs> I love
0: my cookies too, but I'm just saying, like you know, it's like
1: I can't get, I literally told one um, leader, um, not at the company I work for, somewhere else. I'm like, I can't give you a cookie for this.
0: Like uh, I can't uh, give you a
1: cookie because you did what is right. You know, so it's. It's those things where you're like, you have to take a realistic look. How invested are you uh-huh. in in seeing people not that that are in the different? I hate, I hate yes, that so but in the, category. Yeah. How invested are you in that? You know, yeah, exactly. not yeah, having real
0: diversity at your company. Yeah. No, I yeah. love it, I love it. Okay, so before we wrap up, any final thoughts, anything else you want to mention? Um, No,
1: I think, you know, this work is um some of the hardest work I've ever done mm. um, because you have to wear your heart in your, you have to wear your heart on your sleeve to some, in some regards. You can't just turn it off. No, um, yeah, you're, you're always thinking about who's being affected by what is being done or what not is what is not being done.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but it's actually, but it's really an honor. And it's a blessing to be able to um, be a part of making society work better. And that's Absolutely, how yeah. I have to look at it, you know, and, and I and it's true, you are, you're like, okay, I'm trying to give us um a fairer society i'm trying uh-huh. to make it live up to our principles um and i'm doing it in the in the eco- economic space but yeah. you know I look at it as you know one of the biggest hindrances in um communities of color is the the, the wealth gap right absolutely yeah wealth gap. and for black um, folks black americans it was because of it started systemically, right? Racist. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't get paid for what you're doing. You don't have making money for you. (laughs) And I see none of it. Yeah. That's going to affect generations. Most people have generational wealth, or if the GI bill won't allow me to actually get a house, yeah, you know, things like that, that where most of the wealth was built, you know, during that period, you're like, okay. So for me, I look at this as helping reverse generational, um, that generational wealth gap is putting a dent into it. So that's
0: how I look at. Absolutely. And to bring it full circle, this wasn't that long ago. This is your mom and your grandfather and your great grandfather, Mm -hmm. like generations. You only had that's one, two, three, three generations prior to you that, it could have I mean that's how recent this is it's not like yeah. this has been 10 generations ago and we you just haven't caught up yet I mean we've had people say oh it's been long enough you should be fine now are you kidding me like generational that's not wealth. how
1: it works no,
0: no. Oh, and, I, and it's and not I wish
1: it was that Like <laughs> I just
0: want control
1: Well, even that you know it's all fair it's like it doesn't work that way and Uh -uh. that's not my i'm being a victim i i will be the first in it i'm blessed (laughs)
0: um (laughs) yeah no so um okay well thank you so much for joining me april this is an awesome conversation as always we always have a good time when we get on get on zoom (laughs) but um everybody look for april i have i've attached some links to the show notes she we have her books down there as well as her consulting business if you're looking for a consultant uh reach out and thank you again april thank
1: you it's always a pleasure to talk to you emily you know you're like one of my faves to talk to like (laughs) And I learned so much from you too, and so I just I am just grateful for the the relationship, the friendship. So absolutely, uh,
0: absolutely. you do
1: what you're doing?
0: Yay! Friend. Yay!
1: All, All right. right, thank, thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining me here today at Human is My Label. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with your friends, families, and coworkers. Get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about Rapid, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N.org. You can find me at emily.curry on Instagram and all my other social handles are below. Have a great day and I can't wait to see you next week.